Today is May 27th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer, and I feel blessed and grateful to be sharing this time and space with you. I'm so happy you're here with me as we read through the Bible in a year together. Now today, we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday with the story of David, and we're going to see how God confronts David with his sin and how David responds. We're going to learn how Jesus prepares his disciples for his departure and his return. And we're also going to enjoy some more poetry and wisdom along the way, of course, from the Psalms and Proverbs. It's a great day to be in God's Word and to experience the truth of it as it quickens us and just to be reminded that no matter what is going on in our lives, God is still on the throne and He is still good. He is still faithful and He is still in control and He is still working in our lives. So let's dive in and see what He has for us and what He wants from us today. 2 Samuel chapter 12, New International Reader's Version. Nathan tells David he has sinned. The Lord sent the prophet Nathan to David. When Nathan came to him, he said, Two men lived in the same town. One was rich, the other was poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but all the poor man had was one little female lamb. He had bought it. He raised it. It grew up with him and his children. It shared his food. It drank from his cup. It even slept in his arms. It was just like a daughter to him. One day, a traveler came to the rich man. The rich man wanted to prepare a meal for him, but he didn't want to kill one of his own sheep or cattle. Instead, he took the little female lamb that belonged to the poor man. Then the rich man cooked it for the traveler who had come to him. David was very angry with the rich man. He said to Nathan, the man who did this must die. And that's just as sure as the Lord is alive. The man must pay back four times as much as that lamb was worth. How could he do such a thing? And he wasn't even sorry he had done it. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. The Lord, the God of Israel says, I anointed you king over Israel. I saved you from Saul. I gave you everything that belonged to your master Saul. I even put his wives into your arms. I made you king over all the people of Israel and Judah. And if all of that had not been enough for you, I would have given you even more. Why did you turn your back on what I told you to do? You did what is evil in my sight. You made sure that Uriah the Hittite would be killed in battle. You took his wife to be your own. You let the men of Ammon kill him with their swords. So time after time, members of your own royal house will be killed with swords. That's because you turned your back on me. You took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. The Lord also says, I am going to bring trouble on you. It will come from your own family. I will take your wives away. Your own eyes will see it. I will give your wives to a man who is close to you. He will sleep with them in the middle of the day. You committed your sins in secret, but I will make sure that the man commits his sin in the middle of the day. Everyone in Israel will see it. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You aren't going to die. 
but you have dared to show great disrespect for the Lord. So the son who has been born to you will die. Nathan went home. Then the Lord made David's child very sick. That was the child David had by Uriah's wife. David begged God to heal the child. David didn't eat anything. He spent his nights lying on the ground. He put on the rough clothes people wear when they're sad. His most trusted servants stood beside him. They wanted him to get up from the ground, but he refused to do it, and he wouldn't eat any food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. David's attendants were afraid to tell him the child was dead. They thought, while the child was still alive, we spoke to David, but he wouldn't listen to us. So how can we now tell him the child is dead? He might do something terrible to himself. David saw that his attendants were whispering to one another. Then he realized the child was dead. Has the child died? He asked. Yes, they replied, he's dead. Then David got up from the ground. After he washed himself, he put on lotions. He changed his clothes. He went into the house of the Lord and worshiped him. Then he went to his own house. He asked for some food. They served it to him and he ate it. His attendants asked him, why are you acting like this? While the child was still alive, you wouldn't eat anything. You cried a lot. But now that the child is dead, you get up and eat. He answered, while the child was still alive, I didn't eat anything, and I cried a lot. I thought, who knows, the Lord might have mercy on me. He might let the child live. But now he's dead, so why should I continue to go without food? Can I bring him back to life again? Someday I'll go to him, but he won't return to me. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba. He went to her and slept with her. Sometime later, she had a son. He was given the name Solomon. The Lord loved him. So the Lord sent a message through Nathan the prophet. The Lord said, name the boy Jedidiah. During that time, Joab fought against Rabbah. It was the royal city of the Ammonites. It had high walls around it. Joab was about to capture it. He sent messengers to David. He told them to say, I have fought against Rabbah. I've taken control of its water supply. So bring the rest of the troops together. Surround the city and get ready to attack it. Then capture it. If you don't, I'll capture it myself. Then it will be named after me. So David brought together the whole army and went to Rabbah. He attacked it and captured it. David took the gold crown off the head of the king of Ammon. Then the crown was placed on David's head. The crown weighed 75 pounds. It had jewels in it. David took a huge amount of goods from the city. He brought out the people who were there. He made them work with saws and iron picks and axes. He forced them to make bricks. David did that to all the towns in Ammon. Then he and his entire army returned to Jerusalem. John chapter 16 I have told you all this so that you will not turn away from the truth. You will be thrown out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when someone may kill you, and they will think they are doing God a favor. They will do things like that because they do not know the Father or me. Why have I told you this? So that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I didn't tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to the one who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Instead, you are filled with sadness because I have said these things. But what I'm about to tell you is true. 
It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the friend will not come to help you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove that the world's people are guilty. He will prove their guilt concerning sin and godliness and judgment. The world is guilty as far as sin is concerned. That's because people do not believe in me. The world is guilty as far as godliness is concerned. That's because I am going to the Father where you can't see me anymore. The world is guilty as far as judgment is concerned. That's because the devil, the prince of this world, has already been judged. I have much more to say to you. It is more than you can handle right now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is still going to happen. He will bring me glory. That's because what he receives from me, he will show to you. Everything that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said what the Holy Spirit receives from me, he will show to you. The disciple's sadness will turn into joy. Jesus continued, In a little while, you will no longer see me. Then after a little while, you will see me. After they heard this, some of his disciples spoke to one another. They said, What does he mean by saying, In a little while, you will no longer see me? Then after a little while, you will see me. And what does he mean by saying, I am going to the Father? They kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about these things. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant? Didn't you understand when I said in a little while, you will no longer see me? Then after a little while, you will see me? What I'm about to tell you is true. You will weep and mourn while the world is full of joy. You will be sad, but your sadness will turn into joy. A woman giving birth to a baby has pain. That's because her time to give birth has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the pain. She forgets because she is so happy that a baby has been born into the world. That's the way it is with you. Now it's your time to be sad but I will see you again. Then you will be full of joy and no one will take away your joy. When that day comes, you will no longer ask me for anything. What I'm about to tell you is true. My father will give you anything you ask for in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive what you ask for. Then your joy will be complete. I have not been speaking to you plainly, but a time is coming when I will speak clearly. Then I will tell you plainly about my father. When that day comes, you will ask for things in my name. I am not saying I will ask the father instead of you asking him. No, the father himself loves you because you have loved me. He also loves you because you have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking plainly. You are using examples that are clear. Now we can see that you know everything. You don't even need anyone to ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you believe now? Jesus replied, a time is coming when you will be scattered and go to your own homes. In fact, that time is already here. 
You will leave me all alone, but I am not really alone. My father is with me. I have told you these things so that you can have peace because of me. In this world, you will have trouble, but be encouraged. I have won the battle over the world. Psalm 119 verses 65 through 80. Teth, Lord, be good to me as you have promised. Increase my knowledge and give me good sense because I trust your commands. Before I went through suffering, I went down the wrong path. But now I obey your word. You are good and what you do is good. Teach me your orders. The lies of proud people have taken away my good name. But I follow your rules with all my heart. Their unfeeling hearts are hard and stubborn. But I take delight in your law. It was good for me to suffer. That's what helped me to understand your orders. The law you gave is worth more to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Yod, you made me and formed me with your own hands. Give me understanding so that I can learn your commands. May those who have respect for you be filled with joy when they see me. I have put my hope in your word. Lord, I know that your laws are right. You were faithful to your promise when you made me suffer. May your faithful love comfort me as you have promised me. Show me your tender love so that I can live. I take delight in your law. May proud people be put to shame for treating me badly for no reason. I will think deeply about your rules. May those who have respect for you come to me. Then I can teach them your covenant laws. May I follow your orders with all my heart. Then I won't be put to shame. Proverbs chapter 16 verses 4 and 5. The Lord works everything out to the proper end. Even those who do wrong were made for a day of trouble. The Lord hates all those who have proud hearts. You can be sure that they will be punished. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, of loving God, we come before you today with hearts full of gratitude and awe for your word and the wisdom it imparts to us. Lord, as we delve into the depths of these passages that are so rich and fertile, we recognize the beauty and complexity of your love for us. And Lord, we're just humbled by your desire to guide us through the challenges and joys of life. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, who is our advocate, our comforter, our friend, and our guide. As we navigate the intricacies of our lives, help us to rely on the Spirit's wisdom and discernment, trusting that you are always by our side and you have our best interests at heart. Lord, in today's reading, we were reminded of the importance of confronting our own actions, of seeking forgiveness and embracing the transformative power of your grace. Lord, help us to be honest with ourselves and with you, acknowledging our shortcomings and the areas where we need your healing touch, whether it's our minds or our hearts or our bodies. Lord, create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. Lord, as we reflect on the words of Psalm 119, we ask that your word would continue to shape our hearts and our minds, drawing us closer to you and aligning your desires with your perfect will. 
Lord, teach us to walk in your ways, to seek your wisdom, and to cherish your commands. Lord, we also pray that the practical wisdom found in Proverbs daily would take root in our lives, guiding our decisions and our interactions with others. Grant us the humility to learn from your word and the courage to apply its truths to our daily lives. Lord, we invite you to take the lead in our lives. Lord, show us our faults and our flaws, our inadequacies, Lord. Mold us and shape us into the people you have called and created us to be. May our lives be a living testimony to your love, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, you're so good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And our affirmation, I will live my life to the fullest and never take anything for granted. I will live my life to the fullest and never take anything for granted. And our aphorism. Unfortunately, the clock is ticking. The hours are going by. The past increases. The future recedes. Possibilities decreasing. Regrets mounting. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this extraordinary odyssey with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.